Good weekend. College football is kicking back off. Uh, you know, it kind of feels like the uh, world is good again, right? You know, so uh, anyway, hopefully you guys had a great weekend already and uh, you're enjoying the, the holiday weekend. I don't know what your plans are for tomorrow, but you get to sit around and watch it rain, it looks like. But uh, that's okay, right? I mean, it's still a holiday. So if you're joining us online, we're so glad you're a part of the services. Uh, we probably got people at the lake right now or the beach right now or something like that. And if you are, that, if that's, that's okay, you can join us that way. So we're glad you guys are here, though. And uh, we're excited about really wrapping up this series today. We're going to kind of wrap up uh, Pride. And it talks about I've got this as the name of the series, but Pride has really been the focus of it because Pride is one of those things that God hates, right? And uh, we, wanna, we, we don't want to be walking in Pride or, or live a life full of Pride. Even though, you know, it's almost encouraged and, and pushed in this culture, uh, we want to say, hey, God, you know, we want to walk in humility. We want to walk the way that Jesus did. And so, uh, you know, I know you guys just got through seeing the uh, announcement video, and there's a lot of things that are happening. So don't miss out. Next Sunday, we are going to have uh, life groups, and there'll be some tables set up around the room, and you'll be able to sign up for a life group. And, uh, and don't be too proud. I'm going to use it that way. Don't be too proud to get up and walk over and look into one. And don't be too proud to open up your home you know, and say, hey, listen, you know what? I want people to meet at my house. I want people to come into my home and I want them to literally study the word of God or, or dialogue and talk about God's word and the application of scripture in my home. So a lot of times what we're doing is, well, you know what? We're too proud to, uh, you know, to step out of our comfort zone. Don't let that happen. I'm just telling you, pride gets in the way of that. And so next week we'll have a life group rally. It'll be a great way of picking up. You guys have got a card in your uh, uh, seat right now. I don't know if you guys can see it online. But it's a QR code, and you can pull that up. You can hit it with your phone if you know how to do that. Uh, and uh, you can literally, you know, go ahead and start looking at some of the life groups. But get engaged and get involved in a life group. That's, that means you're really a part of the church whenever you're involved and engaged in a, in a life group like that. So today, we're talking about pride as a thief. There's two things that most people don't like, a thief and a liar, right? A thief and a liar. That's what the enemy is. And uh, that's how Satan works. That's what he is known as. He's the father of all lies, and he's a thief. He comes to steal, and k- steal, kill, and destroy. And so what we don't want is we don't want to be a part of anything like that, right? I wouldn't want to. I mean, and God tells us over and over. And so we have talked about pride for three weeks now. We've talked about humility in this. So I want, us, I want you to see a couple things. We're going to recap just a little bit, but I want you to really see how pride robs us of stuff. And so so pride is a thief. So pride sets us up for destruction. Like I said, we began with this, and most of us know that passage, you know, and, uh, and we know that, you know, we hear that, we've heard that. Pride goes before destruction, haughtiness before a fall. Uh, we even know people that it, that's happened to. Maybe it's happened to you. You know, you got a little puffed up, you got a little arrogant, you got a little prideful, and man, boom, you got, you got leveled. You know what I'm saying? And so pride goes before destruction. So God hates pride. We have covered that over and over and over and over. It seems like that God hates pride, but how, why would we embrace it so much? And why would we want to become prideful or, or puffed up or whatever? But I don't think we necessarily want to. We just go there because it feels good sometimes. When people start telling us certain things, boy, we just puff up. We just kind of get proud. You know, we, we like a little peacock, you know, and we got to go, you know, God, I don't want to be that way. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance. And, and so we should hate pride and arrogance. I mean, it's very clear. Scripture says, hey, listen, we should hate that. Corruption and perverse speech. I, I spoke to that last week. Just, to, you know, having a mouth where, you know, you're constantly speaking death and and uh, not life, or you're cursing people, you know, we call them curse words, and our language does not honor God, our language does not reflect, you know, that we belong to Christ, and, and I know plenty of Christians, man, that they drop, you know, uh, cuss words left and right, and I think that our, our words need to be, you know, life-giving, you know, speaking life over, our words either, you know, they tear down or either we build up, 
And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to speak life over people. And, and God, I want, to, I want to speak in a way that would honor you. And we often, I often tell people, you know, what would you do if Jesus was here? Well, he is here. If you're a believer, he's right in here, right? And uh, I used to tell, you know, people, I had a, a friend of mine that would often talk about, you know, going into certain areas and I'd say, hey, listen, whatever you do, if you're a Christian, you're taking Jesus with you. Whatever bed you sleep in, you're, you're, you know, you're making him lay in that bed with you. You know, whatever you drink, I mean, you're pouring it down his throat too. You know, and so we have to have that mentality. You know what, man? I want my, 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 my words, I want my mouth to be used to glorify God and to speak life. And so those who, who hate evil, man, they're going to, who, those who love the Lord are going to hate evil. Pride poisons our mind and our heart. It poisons us, you know, and that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to just pour a little bit in our ear, you know, a little bit of pride begins to build up. Our ego begins to swell. And all of a sudden, you know, man, we're thinking about us, not about God, not about his plan, not about his purpose in our life. And so pride is satanic. We, we talked about this, you know, Lucifer himself, whenever he was kicked out of heaven. And if you, you know, if you're not familiar with this story, you can go back and watch the first uh, part of the series, the first Sunday of the series, where we talked about that, where, where Satan, that's where he, you know, he was kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be higher than God. He wanted to be above the stars and he wanted to be all that. And so pride is satanic. That's where we see the origination of it. And it's his most effective weapon whenever we see Adam and Eve you know, he comes to them going, you know, God really didn't do this and you can be like God. And, and he's using the very same thing that, that worked on him. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So he, it's his most effective weapon. So we know that. And so the three forms of pride, we hit, hit these last week. We're not going to unpack them as much as we did last week, but vanity is preoccupied with appearances. And that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you read that and you go, all right, they're consumed with what they look like. And in this world, in this age, I mean, that is what seems to be prevalent. You know, you've got your influencers, you've got all this, whatever. And, and so vanity, it's about appearances. And so oftentimes what we do is we worry about the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart, right? So we, we want to look good. We want to, you know, we want to make sure that everybody sees us a certain way. And oftentimes it's fake, it's phony, you know, and we've got to be willing to say, God, I want you to look at my heart because that's what he does. And God, I want my heart to be what people see, that they know where I stand. They know what I believe and it's about my heart, not what I look like. Conceit is an exaggerated opinion of one's virtues and accomplishments. We begin to exaggerate. I, I used to joke about this. You know, every guy needs to get a t-shirt that says, you know, the older I get, the better I was. It's like whenever they look back and you hear them talk about football, you would think they were the, the greatest football player ever. And you talk to their friends and they're like, what? Man, he rode the bench. What are you talking about? You know? So a lot of times it's, it's like we remember things way better than they really were. I don't know about you guys, but I can remember... Uh, you know, we grew up in a house, uh, we had a little small house in Wagerville, Alabama. And, uh, and I, for whatever reason, I remember our front porch being so big and we went back like years later and I'm like, man, that's a little bitty porch. You know I'm talking about? Like, it seemed like it was forever across that porch, but it, it was just different. And then going inside the house, like, the house just seemed so much bigger when I was a little kid. And now it's like, man, this is a tiny little house. My grandparents' house just was next door. And I can remember thinking that house was massive. And, and when we get back, you know, years later, I'm like, it doesn't seem that big. You know what I'm saying? So, so there are times that our mind, that we, we make things bigger or better than they really were. And then we come back and we go, all right, you know, maybe I'm not really being honest and maybe I'm just being prideful. Maybe I'm being conceited. I don't know. It's an exaggerated opinion of one's virtues and accomplishments. And then arrogance is a feeling of superiority that uh, shows itself in a lofty, overbearing manner. So that arrogance, and a lot of us, you know, we, you can see arrogance I mean, people just wear it, right? You know I mean? And they look at you in a condescending way. 
You know, and, and there's oftentimes that we, because of our insecurities, we feel like everybody walks around like that, looking at us in a condescending way. And let me tell you, that's pride as well. I said this earlier, you know, pride shows up in some really weird ways, but your insecurities and you making it all about you and worried about what everybody thinks about you, you know what that is? That's pride. You're making it about you. It's just kind of a jacked up form of pride. And so if you're super insecure and you think everybody's looking down on you and nobody likes you and you walk in the store or you walk in the door and, you know, and you go, they don't like me here, you know, that really that's pride. That's, that's an arrogance, but it's kind of an upside down kind of arrogance. And so we have to be careful that we don't point fingers and say, well, that's the way they are. We all struggle with pride. It's the sin that we will all wrestle with. So pride robs us of a couple things. And one of the first things that robs us of learning wisdom. And, and so pride can get in the way of us learning things. And we're, we, I want us to kind of unpack that some of what, what it cost us. And so Proverbs eleven two says pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. So pride leads to disgrace. And so the word that's used here uh, really kind of uh, talks about folly or foolishness. So when we're foolish or we're, you know, we're, we're not really, you know, paying attention or we're, you know, we're being silly, we're being stupid about this, uh, but with humility comes wisdom. So in other words, when we're humble, we're willing to learn from someone. We realize some people, you know what, they know more than we do. And, and it's good for us to be willing to learn from them. So pride leads to disgrace. We can become too prideful to learn from others. Uh, there are times because of our pride, we don't want to learn from somebody else because maybe, you know, we are jealous of them or we're envious of them or, you know, we, we can find whatever reason, but we're not willing to learn from them. And there are oftentimes we already think we know more than somebody. And so if we think we know more than somebody, you think, well, you know, I can't really learn from them. And let me tell you this, you know, I, I have been in church planning for going on 19 years now. And, um, and, and so there are times I get around young church planners and dude, I can learn so much from them because men, they're doing things that I, you know, I don't, I haven't done. And so we can learn from people that are younger than us. We can learn from people that are older than us. We can learn from our peers. And so you have to be willing to say, God, you know, I want to learn. And if we have a teachable spirit, that, that's humility and say, you know what? I don't have it figured out, but I can learn. And I want to learn from, you know, the people around me. And we can, like I said, we can learn from people younger than us that maybe don't have as much, you know, experience as we have. We can learn from them. We can learn from people that are walking beside us. We can learn from people that have gone ahead of us, you know, and so we have an opportunity to do that. So we, we can become too prideful to learn from others. And if we do that, man, we miss out on a wealth of knowledge that's around us. So we've got to be willing to say, you know, God, I don't want to do that. So again, disgrace in this context is a picture of foolishness. So the disgrace of pride is that you're too foolish to listen. You're too foolish to learn. And none of us want to be known as being foolish. It says plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Oftentimes we, you know, we want to charge into something. We go, Hey, I'm going to do this. Well, it, the scriptures tell us, Hey, it's good to get advice. You know, there's a reason we have a, a team of elders here. You know, whenever we're making decisions, we want to make, we want to have uh, much counsel on that, but many advisors and we ask questions. You know, if you're looking to start a business, you'll say, I'm going to go do this. I don't care what anybody says. You might want to ask some people that have gone before you or some people that are in the business or, you know, or just learn from them, you know, whatever it might be, you know, you, you want to learn from people. And so scripture is pretty clear. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. When you don't ask and you're too prideful to listen to what other people have said, you know, and like I said, you can learn from somebody. And I, I think it's always wise to learn from their mistakes. You know, if we can avoid pitfalls, you know, wisdom is a good thing. And so I, I feel like wisdom is me learning from your mistakes 
You know, now experience would be me making those same mistakes and me learning from it from experience. But if I can learn from your mistakes, I can learn from wisdom. I can learn wisdom, right? If I learn from your successes, I can learn wisdom. So plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. So I love this. This is Paul, his charge to Timothy. So Timothy is going to be a pastor. And so, you know, Paul knows how, you know, he's passing the baton of ministry off to some people because he knows he's not going to live forever. You know, all of us know that, right? We know that we're not going to live forever. We're going to, we're going to breathe our last at some point. So I love here, Paul is charging Timothy with something that's really important. And he said, Hey, listen, man, you got to remember some things. He says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. And what he's saying, Hey, listen, Timothy, I've taught you. Others have taught you. Others have poured into you. They've invested in you. He says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you've been taught. You know that they are true for, you know, you can trust those who taught you. And I would say this, there are times that we don't, maybe we don't want to learn from somebody because we don't trust them, but we all need friends and mentors and people that we can trust, right? That we can pour our heart out in before them and just, Hey, listen, man, I need you to teach me. I need you to, you know, to invest in me, you know? And, and so we've got to be willing to find someone that we trust, teach us and to walk ahead of us. It says you've been taught the, uh, taught the Holy scriptures from childhood and they've given you, look at there, the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. I love that, you know, Paul is saying, Hey, Timothy, you got to hear the gospel. You know, one of the reasons that we share the gospel every week here is because there's some that may walk through the doors. We, we were praying upstairs for somebody to walk through these doors or to watch online that have, has never heard the gospel. They've never put their faith in Christ. And so here's the thing, you know, the Bible says, you know, how can they hear if no one goes and tells them? That's why we have missionaries that go all over the world. You know, they go in and they build relationships and they share the gospel. We've got evangelists that share the gospel every chance they can. And God blesses that. And people hear the, the good news. They, 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 they've heard it. They've understood it. They go, you know what? Holy Spirit's drawing them in and they put their faith in Christ. You know, it's awesome. Last week we were at, had a pool party. I don't know how many guys came, but we had like a huge turnout for the pool party. And we get there and we're doing baptism. And there was a family that was visiting that was there. That was, they were just there at the YMCA. And, and anyway, they, they started asking, well, what are y'all doing here? And I said, well, we're, you know, we're doing a pool fellowship and we're going to start it off with baptism. And the little girl that was there began to ask, you know, what is baptism? So Shannon, who did the announcement video, starts sharing the gospel with her. I starts telling her about, you know, Jesus and what baptism means. And it's the outward expression of the inward change. And it was like, the little girl goes, I, I want to be baptized. I want to, I want to be saved. And, and so they talk with her dad. They bring them over to me. We talk, make sure that everything's clear. We said, here's water. Let's, let's baptize. You know what I'm saying? So you can do it. Here's the thing. It has to be that heart decision that surrender to Christ, but she heard the gospel, you know? And so when you hear the gospel, man, it changes everything. There's power to change lives in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying to Timothy, man, you have, you have heard the gospel. You've, you've, you've had the wisdom to hear that. You know, he was raised in it. He was taught in that. Moms and dads, it is our job to teach our children the good news, the gospel. It's not, it's not your job just to get them here so they hear it. It is your job to teach them that. And, and so as we are teaching our children, as we're pouring in them, and that's the picture that we see here that Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, you know, everyone has been pouring in. You. You've been taught this since you were little. And prayerfully one day, man, it's all going to come together. The Spirit's going to take the teaching of God's Word, and they're going to put their faith in Christ for salvation, and their life will be changed forever. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
you know, as we're reading the scripture, man, it's, it's working in us. Even me reading it off the screen, you know, and you're reading it, God is taking it and he's using it through his spirit to teach you and to draw and even convict you of certain things. And so the, the scripture, man, that's where we need to be willing to say, God, I want you to teach me. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So God, God's word, here's the thing. God's word teaches us what is true. So that's wisdom, right? And so humility, you, we come to God's word, not with arrogance, but we come to God's word with brokenness and say, God, teach me what is true. You know, we often may have our opinions and your opinions, like my opinion, really doesn't matter, right? But what matters and what lasts forever is the word of God. And so we come to scripture and we say, God, you know, teach me what is true. Because in this world, you, you know, this world is full of lies. I hope you guys understand that there is a, you know, the father of all lies is constantly pumping lies in and out everywhere he can through social media, through whatever kind of media, you know, through people's mouths, whatever he can, however he can get it out. He's, pump, he's pumping lies out. And so we need to know what is true because we hear opinions. And again, opinions don't really matter. They carry a little bit of weight in certain circles, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter. And so we've got to know, you know, God, what does your word say? And so if we want to grow in wisdom, we've got to be humble enough to go, God, I don't know it all. And God, I need to hear from you. And God, I want you to teach me what is true. And so we've got to be willing to look into God's word. So God's word reveals what is wrong. It's, you know, the, the Bible says God's word is a light under our path, right? It, it illuminates things. And so when we read scripture, we read God's word, it begins to illuminate areas of my heart and maybe areas of my life that are not God honoring. Maybe, maybe earlier when I was talking about perverse speech, you begin to go, you know what? I use too much profanity. I, you know, I, I don't speak life over people. I'm always criticizing. I'm, I'm being negative. So the word of God began to illuminate that area of your life. And you begin to feel a little bit of conviction and go, you know what? I need to change the way I talk. I need to speak life over my kids. I need to speak life over my family. I need to speak life over my friends. I need to speak life over my nation. I need to speak life over my community. Not always running it down, not always complaining, but God, you know, and so God may take his word and begin to reveal that, right? So he begins to illuminate an area. And in some ways he may begin to just literally pride in that area of your life and your heart. And you go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not honoring God in this area of my life. And we feel that we know that. And, we, and, it, and God's word reveals that what, you know what? We're wrong. The way that I'm thinking is wrong. The way that I'm speaking is wrong. The way that I'm acting is wrong. And, and so we talked about having the attitude of Christ last week. You know, maybe my attitude is wrong. And so God's word will reveal that. So God's word prepares us. I love this. Not only does it illuminate things and reveal things, it prepares us. And so, you know, as we're being prepared, you know, for the works that God wants to do, that's what the scripture said. God's preparing us for every good work. And so, you know, it's like training. Uh, I was just talking with Tony upstairs and we were talking about, you know, he's going through a discipleship, you know, series or whatever that, that he's, uh, he's learning some stuff. And we were talking about a church, you know, uh, in, I think in the Philippines that, that has like a ton of life groups and how they do life groups and stuff. And they got thousands upon thousands of people in life groups. They do it really well. And so our thing, Hey, we want to learn from somebody like, like, like that, right? You know, who is doing that really well? Who's reaching as many people as possible. And so God's word prepares us. So the more that we, you know, we, we kind of get into God's word, it begins to prepare us for the works and even for the challenges and trials. You know, G Jesus told the disciples, he said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33, right? And so Jesus is preparing them. He's, Hey, listen, guys, I just want you to know there's one that's coming. It's better for me to leave, but there's one that's coming that will empower you, the Holy spirit. And whenever he comes, he will be the counselor. He'll be the comforter. 
And you'll be able to do things that, that I haven't done. And they're going like, what? How can that be? And so Jesus is preparing them. And I'm just telling you, he prepares us through his word for the challenges that are coming, for the, you know, for the celebrations that are coming, whatever it might be. And so God's word prepares us. And so we're able to see things, you know, that maybe you haven't seen before. God's word prepares you for that. And so if we let pride, pride will rob us of learning and it'll rob us of wisdom and it'll, it'll rob us of being prepared. So pride also robs us of honor. I'm just telling you, man, pride is a thief, you know, and so it robs us of honor. You know, we think about honor. We think about, you know, you know, lifting someone up or celebrating someone or, or honoring them with our words or maybe with applause or whatever it might be. And, uh, or maybe a thank you, you know, we honor, you know, and we want to say, Hey, listen, you, you did a great job and we want to, to do that. So Rob, pride can rob us of that. In first Peter five, five through seven, we've used this passage a couple of times in the series, but it says in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so we've got to be able to say, you know, God is, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, and I was thinking about, you know, that this morning, you know, we're, we're just beggars and paupers. I mean, that we, we come to God, we don't have anything really to offer. You may think, well, you know, Mike, I've got these credentials. We talked about that last week. Our credentials really don't, really don't really mean a whole lot. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your last name might be. It doesn't matter how much money you think you have, you know, whatever it might be. And so when we come to God, we're really, we're broken people. We're, we're paupers and beggars. And really the only thing that we can bring to God is what? It's our sin. And we say, God, you know, I'm a sinner. So what we're doing is we're confessing our sin. We're saying, God, I'm a sinner. And we're confessing it. We're bringing that to him. And we're admitting that we're in need of a savior. And so the incredible thing is, is God literally exchanges our sin for Jesus righteousness. And so we, we come to him, you know, saying, God, I don't have anything to bring to the table, but he literally says he shows his grace and his mercy. The one who does not even, you know, we don't even deserve to be in his presence. He offers grace and mercy. We're just paupers and beggars. And here's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords says, Hey, listen, I'll change your life forever. I'll literally put, you know, give you a new heart. I'll give you a new name. I'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You know, and you're going, you know what? That's what we get. We don't bring anything to the table. And so when we look at this, we go, you know what? God, God brings grace, man. He, he, he gives grace to the humble. And so when we humbly come before God with nothing, you know, our works don't qualify us. So there's nothing that we bring. But when we come before him with humility, he pours out his grace on us. So in the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you, uh, as you relate to one another. We talked about that dressing ourselves in humility. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in what? In honor. I mean, can you, can you get your mind around that? You know, we don't deserve anything. We're beggars. You're right. You know, we're, we're broken sinners. And it says that God will lift us up in honor, that God will hold us up in honor. And he'll say, Hey, listen, this one is mine. This is my child. This is my family. I mean, that, that, that's what it's saying. He will lift us up in due time. He will lift us up in honor. And, and you think about, you know, that's, that's, I, I don't know if you guys ever watch, uh, gladiator it's a rough movie i get that but it's one of my favorite movies and uh and and maximus has just won this big battle and the and caesar is there and he goes they honor you caesar he goes no they honor you maximus and so here's caesar the ruler of this nation of rome is saying he, he, he's saying hey listen it's your honor 
And all of a sudden he holds up his sword and the, the armies go crazy, you know, and it's kind of a powerful moment in the movie. And, and that's, that's, I'm think, sitting there thinking, that's just a little small thing. But God says, hey, listen, I will lift you up in honor. The God, of, uh, the one true God, the King of Kings will lift us up in honor. It says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. The God who is over all things cares about me, how I feel, how I think, how I talk, my attitude, you know, what I do with my time, what I do with what he's entrusted me with, what I do with my resources, what I, I mean, he cares about me and he cares about the details. I mean, that's mind boggling. So if we don't learn to submit to authority, we won't learn to submit to God. If you, if you remember in the first part of that, it says submit you know, to the, to the elders, submit to the leadership, submit to those that are over you. And so oftentimes we have a struggle with submit, right? Submit sounds like, uh, I'm bowing down, I'm cowering down, but scripture tells us there are times whenever, you know, we've got to be willing to submit to, to leadership or submit to elders or submit to those that are older than you. You know, I was raised and I'm old school and I tell people that all the time, you know, and I don't, I don't mind being that way. Uh, I think sometimes it's a better, the better way, but I'm a little bit old school, but I, you know, I was raised with yes, ma'am and uh, no, ma'am and yes, sir. And no, sir. And my boys were raised that way. And there are times people are like, well, we don't speak like that all over the nation. I'm like, I don't really care, but we do here. You know what I'm saying? So that's just old school, whatever, but I, I expect that. I think you're supposed to respect your elders. You know, I mean, I think that's what I was taught and I think the scripture backs that up. And so we should have respect and honor for people. I may not always agree with those that are older, older than me, but I, I still have to respect them. I think that's what we're taught to do. So if, if we don't learn to submit to authority, we won't learn to submit to God. So there are times, and I know there are times we have to be willing to push back on some things, but I'm just saying we have to be willing to say, you know what, God, help me to, help me to honor authority. I mean, even now we're supposed to be praying. Romans tells us we're to be praying for every leader that is in charge. And you may not like who is in leadership, but I'll just tell you this, you are supposed to be praying for them. All of us are. Every believer should be praying for our leaders, our presidents, you know, whatever it might be, our governors, our, our, you know, our city councilmen, your mayor, whatever it might be, you should be praying for anybody in leadership. Not complaining about them, but praying for them. You'll never respect authority unless you're willing to submit to authority. And so here's the thing, you know, you might say, well, I will, I will do, I will, I'm not going to respect them. You, there's a big difference there. Respecting authority. You may not agree with them, but you respect them, right? And so unless you're willing to submit to authority. So there are times, and I know we've got a lot of military in here. You may not agree with the orders, but you've got to be willing to respect the authority that's there. So pride robs us of a right relationship with God. So pride robs us of a lot of things. It, it, it robs us of what? Of wisdom. It robs us of honor. And here it robs us of a right relationship with God. You know, and here's, here's what I would say, you know, for those of us in the room that have put our faith in Christ, we have been made right with God through faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. You know, not anything that I brought to the table, but I will tell you this, even though I am saved and I am born again, there are times that men, I will drift off. I'll lose sight of what I should be focused on. And I'll, I, here's the thing, my relationship with God will be strained. Now I don't lose my salvation, but here's what I will say. I'm not walking as close with Jesus as I should be. And God will use things in my life to bring that back into alignment. And so pride robs us of a right relationship with God and pride can creep in, slip in anywhere, anytime. And so it wants to rob us of that right relationship with God. Look at, look at, I mean, scripture is pretty solid here. It says the Lord detests the proud who in here wants to be detested by the God of the universe, right? The Lord detests the proud. They will surely be punished. And so if we're too proud, we're too arrogant to be willing to submit and surrender to who God is, 
then scripture is clear. You know, we, we're choosing hell. If we put our faith in Christ, we humbly come before God and say, God, I don't have anything to offer. I just come before you in need. I am broken. I am a beggar. I'm a pauper. All I can offer is my sin. And all I can say is I need a savior. And when we do that, God says, hey, listen, if we will put our faith in what his son has done, then you know what? He will wash away our sins. He will make us as white as snow. He'll, like I said, he'll write our, our name in the Lamb's book of life. He'll give us a new heart. He'll give us a new name. And, you know, and, and so, but those who say, you know what? I don't, I don't want anything to do with, with, with God, what God offers. Then he says, you know what? Then you'll choose punishment. You'll choose hell. So the Lord detests the proud. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. That was in First Peter 5 there that we just read. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. You know, and, and, I mean, scripture is clear. God tears down the house of the, of, of the pride. And so let's, let's look at what God loves. God blesses humility. And we've covered this kind of over and over through the series, but there are times, you know, you have to say things many, many times. You know, I, I heard a, a pastor uh, got up and he, he preached one Sunday and he preached this message and everybody's like, hey, pastor, good message, whatever. The next week he preached the same message and everybody's kind of looking around and like, is he getting old? Can he not remember what he's, you know, what he's preaching? And so the third week comes along, he's preaching the same message. And they're like, all right, somebody's going to have to talk to him. And so they pick out somebody to talk to him. And he goes, no, I was just going to preach it until we started doing what we're talking about. You know, I mean, we, I can bring a new message every week, but we got to do what we're talking about, right? So we need to crucify pride. We need to die to pride. It says you rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. I mean, I'm telling you, God's word is clear. There's plenty of scripture on pride. If, if you're struggling in that area, he speaks to it. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Look, don't you love that? To say that, you know what? Jesus is my leader. Jesus is leading me. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but you know, we weren't always called Christians in the beginning. It was called, uh, the, the teaching of Jesus was called the way. And, and, and you were supposed to live the way that Jesus lived. And you're supposed to live your life in such a way that other people were drawn to that and they wanted to ask questions of that. And, and so, you know, it, Christianity just took off. Now, like I said, it wasn't called Christianity to, be, to begin with, but he leads the humble in doing right and teaching them his way. And so God is leading us. He wants to walk ahead of us, right? And he said, and Jesus said, hey, listen, come follow me. And I'll make you fishers men. Come follow me. And these disciples left everything to follow him, teaching them his way. In humility, we open our hearts to the guidance that God seeks to provide us with. So in humility, we open up our hearts. Pride, whether it's insecurity, which is like I said, a, 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 an upside down form of pride. We're going, you know, not me, God, not me. I'm not good enough or whatever. And then pride can become, I don't need you, God. And to the proud person, it says, you know, you know, hey, there's no need for God in my life. But whenever we come to God, we say, God, you know, here I am. God, I'm an open book. I want you to work in me. I want you to work, I want you to work through me. I want you to use my hands to serve someone. You know, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I was, this morning when I was pulling into the parking lot, there are guys that get here early. Doesn't matter if it's raining, doesn't matter if it's cold, doesn't matter if it's hot. Putting out flags, putting out signs, you know, just serving, serving you guys. You know, we got people that get here to make sure coffee's made. There was a lady in here, she was just working away, making coffee for you, just to serve just to use their gifts, use their ability. You know what, they, you know, they, they get here early on a rainy day or, a, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of day it is, they get here. Worship team gets here, sound team gets here, production team gets here early. I mean, sometimes seven o'clock, sometimes earlier than that, 
just to prepare for a service and to make sure that it's an experience and that God is honored and that, man, we eliminate any distractions that we can. It's because they want to serve. And so when we open up our heart to God's God, I want you to use me. You never know how God's going to use you. Maybe it's to share the gospel with a little girl at a YMCA. Maybe, maybe it's to get up and go put out signs to let people know where there's hope, right? I mean, to use it, to God, here I am, just use me. I just want to be, a, I want to be part of what you're doing. It takes surrender to truly listen and be open to God's prompting. See, there's so many times we'll sit here and we'll just say, God, you know, I, I, I feel you wanting me to do that, but God, I just don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I, my house is big enough. I don't feel like I could do a life group there. I don't know if I could get in there with people that I don't know. And, and so pride will keep you from doing what God is wanting to do. But it takes surrender to say, God, here I am. Just use me. God, here I am. Put me in the right life group. God, here I am. Just, I want to be used by you. And, and don't, give him, don't give him, you know, parameters and say, God, I'll do this if. God, I'll do that. That's not surrender. That's negotiation, right? And we just say, God, I, I just want to surrender. I just want to give you my life. I just want to be used by you. I, I, wanna, I want you to be glorified in my life. And I want to crucify this pride. And so next steps for me today is humbly surrender everything to Jesus right now. I don't care if you're a believer and you're holding on to stuff. Humbly just submit, surrender everything. Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never heard the gospel until today. Then let today be the day of salvation for you to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. And that's, that's, what, that's what salvation is, is you surrendering, believing what Jesus did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection and that you don't have anything to offer other than, hey, here's my sin, which is not what he wants, right? But he says, I'll swap that for Christ's righteousness. So we are made righteous through what Christ did, not anything that we've done. Humbly surrender and then crucify pride by nailing it to the cross of Christ. You know, I can remember many times at youth camps and stuff like that where there would be some sin that we're struggling with. And they would encourage you to come down and, and nail that to the cross. There would be a cross set up at that camp or whatever. And people would walk down and they would, they would nail things to the cross. And whatever that sin, they're saying, you know what? I'm laying it down. I'm leaving it here. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's, some, there's some truth in that or maybe that's something you need to do today. Maybe you need to write something down and come up and lay it on the altar and say, you know what? I'm laying it down. I'm, I'm nailing that pride to the cross of Christ today. He bled his precious blood on that cross to pay for the sin of pride. He bled out his precious blood to pay for all of your sins, all of my sins. If we'll humbly surrender our life to him, we become brand new. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I don't know what the need might be in your life today, but God does. And I think you do. And if you're watching online, you know, maybe God's dealing with you. Just get down beside your table there, your Wherever you're at, just get down and get on your knees and say, you know, God, I, I humbly come before you, broken over my sin. And God, I want to I confess the sin in my life. Maybe you're here in the room and you, you go, you know what, man, I, I need to confess some things. And you begin to confess those sins to God. And you say, God, confession is just agreeing with God. God, it's sin. Repentance is agreeing with God and turning from that sin and turning to Christ. So maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. Maybe that's the need that you have today. And so right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a beggar. 
And Jesus, all I can bring is my sin. So I bring my sin. I confess to you that I have sinned. I'm asking you to step into my life to save me, to redeem me, to forgive me with all the faith that I have. Jesus, I'm asking you to change me from the inside out. And he will. His answer is yes. Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? That's surrender. I surrender everything to you. And so Jesus, will you come in? Yes, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life. That's me saying I let go. And if you just prayed that prayer, the Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Not by works, not even by that prayer, but it's by faith in what Jesus has done on the cross and through the power of the resurrection. And he offers to us eternal life as a gift that we just receive. And so if you just prayed that prayer, you just received Christ for salvation. If you don't mind, just raise your hand high and just say, Mike, man, that was me. I just prayed with you. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Just raise it high. Don't let pride rob you of that moment. Maybe online, if you don't mind, text to say, text my decision to 94,000. We, we want to know. We want to walk with you. But, you know, I know there's a lot of things that we may be wrestling with. Pride may be one of them. Maybe language. Maybe attitude. But I believe that God is calling some of us to repentance. And so our worship team is going to come and play. It's a time to respond. The prayer team will be at the front. There'll be someone there that can pray with you, pray for you, pray over you. And so just you respond as the Holy Spirit leads. I want to ask everybody across the room to stand. If you would, just stand and, and, and respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Maybe just, it, it is to just come pray, just to get on your knees, to humbly surrender some area or something to the one true God. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're doing here right now. God, do spiritual surgery. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen.